Are we ready? I'm ready. Alrighty. <laughs> you guys ready? Go. Whoa. Okay. That is reporter Michael Livingston and Laura Neese being pulled by a team of six Alaskan Huskies. They're on a ride through the woods in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. All right, we're off. Even with two people in the sled, these dogs can hit speeds up to 15 miles per hour. Gee, gee. Nice, guys, good. Laura just used one of her voice commands. Chi for a right-hand turn, Hoffer is for a left. It is pretty insane how smart these dogs are. Their trail memory is amazing. They can run a uh, 1,000 mile race once and come back to it a couple years later and know exactly where the trail is supposed to go. Laura is a professional musher, someone who trains dogs and drives the sled. She spends most of her days on the trails with these guys to get them ready for long distance races all over North America. And she says she wouldn't have it any other way. This is Points North, a show about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura. In today's episode, we're going to put you in the sled. Follow Laura through the Copper Dog 150, a three-day race in Michigan's Keweenaw Peninsula, and learn how mushing became her life. Michael Livingston is going to take it from here. He's walking around the town of Calumet, Michigan, and the Copper Dog kickoff is only an hour away. People from all over the country are here for the Copper Dog. They stomp around in heavy snow boots, bundled up in warm layers. There's a beautiful sunset over the historic copper mining town, and the temperature is dropping. The first leg of the 150-mile race will take place in total darkness. I hear a monkey. I hear one. There's Laura and her team waiting in a nearby parking lot. She pulls out this heaping bag of raw meat from the truck. She's going to whip up some broth to get the team some energy. Basically a light meal for them. It's beef, water, and I'll put a little bit of kibble in there too. Laura's 26, and she's already taken some of these guys to the biggest sled dog races in North America. When it's finally time to harness up, they all know it's time. All it takes is one dog getting hooked up to the sled for every single dog in town to start going crazy. At the starting line, the dogs hop in place and foam at the mouth. Laura stands on the sled in layers of coats, snow pants, and boots. She has a headlamp strapped to her forehead, and she'll need it to guide her through the dark. All of a sudden, speakers crackle to life. Six, five, four, three, two, one, go! Have a good run, One second they're at the starting line, then they're gone, speeding down the street into the woods ahead. It's going to take over three hours for her to finish this first leg. But on the trail, Laura is in her element. She's passing other mushers, many of whom she knows from previous races. The further she gets from Calumet, the quieter it all becomes, until all you can hear are the dogs panting and the wind blowing through the trees. Laura's fascination with dog sledding goes back to when she was nine years old. She grew up on a 20-acre farm in Newark, Ohio, which, if you didn't know... <laughs> not, not a popular place for dog sports. But she had seen the movie Balto as a girl. 
It's about a half-wolf dog that runs the Iditarod Trail to save a remote Alaskan community from a deadly diphtheria epidemic. And after seeing it, Laura became obsessed with following the Iditarod, a real sled dog race in southern Alaska. Yeah, it was a homeschool project to follow the Iditarod. And uh, my mom thought it would be a one-year thing of uh, just a way to learn. I always loved dogs, always loved winter, so she thought just bringing those interests in and get me excited for learning, and little did she know it was going to be my life. From 9 years old to 14, I read every book I could find on sled dogs. She kept tracking the Iditarod every year, imagining herself racing it. But all she needed was her own sled dog. I printed this ad out, and I brought it over to my dad, and I remember just saying, Dad, this is all I want for my birthday. You know, you don't even have to get me anything for the rest of my life for my birthday. <laughs> I just want one Alaskan Husky. And Laura got her wish. Her parents took her to a nearby kennel to pick out her first dog, an Alaskan Husky named Acadia. I remember when I met her, it was just, she's just, she was a super sweet dog. She crawls in your pocket and <laughs> instantly <laughs> grabs hold of your heart, so. Acadia grabbed her parents' hearts, too. Only a couple months later, the family bought seven more sled dogs, then let Laura breed a litter, bringing the total up to 18. Before she was old enough to drive a car, Laura was running around her neighbor's cornfield with a full-fledged team. Pretty much every day, I would um, just load up my books in the backpack <laughs> and head out, feed the dogs, and then just spend the whole day doing school out in the kennel. It didn't take long for Laura to start entering short-distance races in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. At 18, she moved there and got a job at Nature's Kennel in McMillan. It's one of the largest family-owned kennels in the Great Lakes region. Laura has managed its race teams for almost a decade. The dogs she's racing right now are trained there. It's just past midnight, below freezing, and Laura glides into the finish line at Eagle Harbor with a smile, even though her face is bright red from the cold. Once all the dogs make it back to the truck, hugs and kisses all around. There's Fusion, Monkey Boy, Comet, Smile, Ace, Champ, Chili, Wood Stove, Wag, and Puff. You guys are awesome! They got about nine hours to rest before the second leg of the race, although most of them look like they could run another 50 miles right now. Only Comet is looking worse for wear. Swelling, not swelling. It's from a soreness in a past race a month ago. So I'm doing preventative massage and wrapping. She'll need to keep a close eye on Comet moving forward. Laura never pushes the dogs further than they can go. She always keeps a watchful eye on them like they're her children. Because for her, racing is as much about the dog's enjoyment as her own. Day two starts before sunrise in Eagle Harbor. The crew got maybe three or four hours of sleep. That was expected. What wasn't expected was Laura's stomach bug. She'll have to race anyway. But the biggest problem today is the warmth. It's supposed to be sunny and in the mid-30s. That's hot for racing. Monkey Boy is panting before he's even harnessed. Plus, the trails could get slushy. There's even some talk among volunteers the race should start earlier in the morning to beat the heat, but everything moves forward as planned. 
With a quick pep talk to her team, Laura takes off. This second leg is a beautiful stretch of trails with stunning views of Lake Superior. Laura says she rarely ever gets nervous before a race, and for a big league musher like her, the copper dog is kind of a lap around the dog park. Laura's taken dog teams all over North America to compete in long-distance races. She even did the Iditarod in 2017, the race she dreamed about as a kid. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty awesome. And she's finished the Yukon Quest twice, a race through 1,000 miles of Alaskan wilderness. But she has faced adversity. It was during her 2018 race in the Yukon Quest. She ran into her first major test as a musher. For four days in a row, it was didn't get above 40 below. It was 40 to 60 below zero. And I hit a point in that race, in that cold spell, where it was hard on me. Like, <laughs> I was tired of being cold. She remembers being huddled up in her sleeping bag, feeling miserable. But she decided to let the dogs off the harness and go for a quick walk. I saw dogs running around at 40 below zero, 450 miles into a race, running around playing, acting like it was the greatest day ever. <laughs> and uh, that quickly brought me my, to my senses and... That it ended up being, I mean, the greatest race ever. It was incredible. Laura won third place in that race, one of her greatest accomplishments. And in moments like those, Laura says she remembers what dog sledding is about, working as a team. If, if I had stayed in that sleeping bag and let myself go further and further into that hole of negative thinking, um, I can guarantee that when I woke the team up, to leave that rest, they would have been feeling that. They would have fed off of me and they wouldn't wouldn't have been as happy. While Laura's racing, another part of her team is hard at work at the end of the second leg in Copper Harbor. Katie Kunze and Jane Rohr are shoveling snow to make a bed for the dogs. When the team returns, they'll need a nice cool place to rest. Katie and Jane are fellow mushers, dog lovers, and some of Laura's closest friends. You know, yes, once you pull out of the line, it's just you and your team, but you have to have that support network back at your kennel, your truck, wherever you're at with your team. As they're shoveling, the snow keeps melting and turning into slush. That has Katie and Jane worried as they chat with other spectators. They're concerned the heat will slow Laura down. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm just not seeing her making that time to get in. Monkey was hot on the line this morning. So, she won't push her dogs. No, no, especially not in this heat. No, no, there's no way. No, she won't do that. So I can't so believe I, she'll be. I, I don't see a 103. I see closer to two o'clock at the earliest. I club. agree. Come on, Chip. Come on, East. Here's Laura rolling into the finish line. She is a bit later than expected, but the dogs ran even faster than the first leg. A few of them collapse in the snow pile. They look exhausted, but not overheated. Can I ask you how you're feeling before you take off? Great. <laughs> the final day of the Copper Dog 150 is a mountainous trek back to Eagle Harbor. Laura is not as talkative this morning, despite getting a little bit more sleep than the night before. Her attention is fully on the team. After yesterday's run, Comet's sore leg had gotten worse. Laura decides to bench her for the final stretch so her injury doesn't get worse. 
The rules are you can't sub in another dog, so Laura is down a dog. The team will need all of its strength in this last leg to race through some hard and fast elevation changes. As Laura and the crew stare down the starting line one last time, the familiar speaker comes on. Two, one, go! Each musher gets to choose their own exit music, and Laura chose this one, Maple Syrup on Flapjacks by Hobo Jim. She sometimes sings it to Maple, one of her retired dogs. It's just another example of how Laura sees these dogs as more than just athletes. She's raised and trained dozens, but she remembers every single team she's completed a race with. In the same way that the dogs are bred and trained for this, Laura feels like her destiny was to be a musher. It's definitely a very different lifestyle than anything else. And it takes a unique uh, breed of person to, <laughs> to want to be out in the middle of nowhere with their dogs. Out on the trail, Laura and the dogs are running fast. Faster than they have this entire weekend, even in the warmer weather and without Comet. They make it back to Eagle Harbor, welcomed by a cheering crowd. Laura finishes 14th overall, her last race of the season. And now that off-season has begun, Laura and the dogs will continue to train. Last year, she started her own business, a summertime sled dog center called My Dog, where people can meet and play with her teams. My favorite part to see is just for the people to see how loved the dogs are and um, that they are not only the greatest athletes on the planet, but also really incredible friends. Racing may be Laura's passion, but sharing the dogs with others is just as rewarding. That story was written and produced by reporter Michael Livingston. His position is a collaboration with Interlochen Public Radio, Report for America, and the Traverse City Record Eagle. Today's episode was edited by Morgan Springer, additional editing by me, Dan Wanshura. Music by Hans Troost. Special thanks to Nature's Kennel and all the organizers and volunteers of Copper Dog 150 for their help with this episode. You can find so many more stories from all around the Great Lakes at pointsnorthpodcast.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, let us know what you think about the show. Rating and reviewing Points North helps more people find us. Until next time, I'm Dan Wanshura. Thanks for listening.